Ultra. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, we are continuing our journey through the filmography of Judd Apatow with the sort of sequel to Knocked Up. It's 2012's This Is 40. And we have no guest joining us to talk about Lost, Graham Parker, and The Rumor, and the best years of our lives is absolutely no one. Sticking with it. Sticking with it. So that we are over the halfway point. Yes. We have th- three? Three left. Three left. Okay. Trainwreck, yeah. Staten Island, and uh, the bubble. He really fucking pumped the brakes. Um, <laughs> he really, He really did. It's so... Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, it's interesting because it's like his family is so tied into his work at this point mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, like maybe that was when like the kids were like graduating or maybe they just like, well, you're right, where they were like, he he, he was kind of like running a fully like an empire at, yeah. this, at this point. Right. And maybe at one point he was like, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit and just like produce a documentary yeah, well, and he did shows because he did like girls, right? And, yes, this uh, is firmly this is firmly in the girls era, and right. uh, you know, while this has all been going on, movies we haven't even talked about really, like forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, get him to the Greek, right? Pineapple Express, Bridesmaids, right. which was like a huge hit, um, right, right, and then Girls and Bridesmaids come into play into this movie, right? Um, True. But I've been really, I've been excited to to get into some old business, some sure. wrap up on funny people, if you don't mind. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I found a great film comment interview on Judd Apatow um, upon the release of This Is 40, like that was the occasion, but mm. he talked a little bit about funny people in the rear view. Okay. Like in the wake of it coming out. Um, and shed some stuff. I guess one thing I, I didn't bring up that was interesting that I learned while researching funny people was, uh, so a lot of people, the kind of reputation of this movie, of that movie, funny people, and we talked about it is that it's like really long and has a reputation for being, what's the word like precious. Um, sure. Naval, naval gazy, definitely uh, naval gazing. Yeah. Indulgent. Indulgent. That's the perfect word. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so uh, to cut back to 40-year-old Virgin, you know, this was the guy who, like, screens his movies within an inch of their lives and tries to cover his ass and says that he's operating from, like, a fear-based place a lot of the time. So right. you're like, well, how does that figure into that? How does, how does that guy make a long, ambitious Paul Thomas Anderson-y movie? Right. And uh, there was a kind of a logic to that. So, you know, he was testing... 
this, these movies a lot and we get like these scorecards back from people like Ron Howard and others. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, one thing they always said consistently across his first two movies was we love these side characters. We want to learn more about them. Uh huh. We want scenes where we get to see like their homes and their families and their interior lives. And Ap- Apatow took that to heart and he was like, okay, like, I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to, I'm going to make a movie that really is like kind of goes into their personal lives more and will go on these weird tangents because it seems like that works in a kind of true stand up heart of like cutting what, cutting what doesn't work with the crowd and reinforcing what does. And yeah, I think that's also how you get, this is 40, which sure. could seem also very indulgent of like, God, he's going back to, he's doing spinoffs of his side characters Mm-hmm. Who is this guy? Kevin Smith. But uh-huh. but there is kind of if you look at it from that angle, they're just kind of like, well, I mean, the math was that we like it when we learned more about these characters and wanted to see more of them. Yeah. Um, another thing that I learned um, that he was not public about at the time was decidedly like I, I wasn't talking about this was uh, Jed Apatow's mother passed away uh, during pre-production for Funny People. And uh, during her life, she struggled with ovarian cancer um, off and on. And that informed a lot of Apatow's uh, writing of Simmons's, George Simmons's illness and how mm. he said that his mother would often be really present and cool and uh, just like there and more zen when she was like sick. And then when the sickness would go away, he found that like a lot of her issues would just kind of come back. And mm. that's kind of like where he was coming from. And then he was like, yeah, I know a lot of people say that the movie kind of loses itself in the second half, but he was like, where I was coming from was he was like, I was interested in seeing how like a sick person doesn't still has problems or doesn't or his life kind of gets complicated again after he feels better. Yeah. And so I don't think that absolves all of the issues that we talked about last week. Well, but, no, but the cuz cuz the issue still remains that there was no point to it. Like right, yeah. like yeah, it, it it's it's great that you're saying that, but like mm-hmm. what do you have to say about that? Cuz it yeah. seems like you don't have anything to say about that. You're just like, here's something I noticed. It's like, <laughs> well, great, man. Like yeah. that's okay. <laughs> you know what's really funny? I think everything you just said um uh could also apply to my issues with this movie. I have a lot of issues with this. Movie. <laughs> oh, cool. I can't wait. Um, yeah. So do you, do you, so you've seen this once before, right? I saw this in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking, I remember thinking I enjoyed it more than funny people, but cause it was like, it, it was sort of a return to form in a way, but it was also like, well, a lot of this, I mean, I assume that's how this is, but like, I don't know, you know, cause I'm like, 25 or whatever when this came out 2027 um so so yeah like i i was like okay like you know it was like a it was a good it was like a nice like two hours there was like some laughs in it you know it was like i left not feeling bad about myself you know what i mean so like it was it was just sort of like yeah okay whatever like solid like down the middle comedy um it was also the first Apatow movie that I saw with Bethany. Uh, oh, cool. So, yeah, because we had started dating at this point. Um, wow, so you've seen this together probably, twice. 
Yeah, that's true. She probably, uh, she probably got even less out of it uh, that first time than she did la- last night when we watched it. Um, <laughs> I uh, my my issue with this. So this whole time I've been like talking about this five act structure thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that gets thrown out the window in this movie no. because. Because, like, what the hell? There, there's no plot. This movie's not about anything. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> that is that that is my biggest issue with this movie is that it's literally not about anything. There is no plot. It is a it is a series of sketches based around the fact that they're forty years old. It's like improv concepts, concept mm-hmm. scenes, and they're like, "This is what this scene's about." Riff and everybody riffs, and it's like kind of funny, but like. I don't know what the hell that had anything to do with like the entirety of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no arc. The characters don't change. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, so there's this moment at the, to skip to the end. Yeah. Uh, there's that moment where Pete is in the hospital bed and yeah. Debbie goes to visit him. And uh, she's like, I think our lives, our lives were like destroyed as soon as we try to change everything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I introduced that list. Like, and I was like, Oh, the list is, was that supposed to be the, you know, like, cause, cause I, I, please. I have no idea. <laughs> I just, I just have no idea. Yeah, you're right. That, that, that was, that surprised me too. Cause I was like, is that what this movie was about? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't getting that. I don't know. <laughs> he, uh, he says some similar, something kind of to that effect in the commentary. Um, which notably, uh, the commentaries up to this point have been like raucous affairs with like eight people. That's there's been like three nuggets of information and then a lot of like riffing. Uh-huh. Uh, but this one, he was by himself, and so oh. it was much more like folk. But he said he was like, yeah, like the, you know, the part where the list of early on where she's like, this is what we have to do to make our forties the best they've ever, you know, the be- the best pot max out on life. Yeah, and I think that is like. Solid for a fun earthbound comedy, you know, where like nobody switches bodies or or whatever, but the movie takes such little advantage of that, like that format or that skeleton. It it doesn't have any format. Like, I mean, cause that, cause that's the problem. Cause I think the problem with Apatow is that he's so focused on being honest and life is messy and isn't doesn't have like a story structure. Mm-hmm. And this was the one where he was so focused on being honest that he forgot that he had to tell a story because this is a movie uh, that people pay to go see. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting, like um, the similarities that this has to knocked up. The fact that this is kind of was sort of marketed as a return to form and is kind of a return to form because it's returned to like the sitcom family shenanigans mm-hmm. And it's not as mean, it's not as like, you know, gritty as funny people, but because of those similarities, it's almost more striking because it still has the meanderiness that funny people had. And the like, what, what is, this is really long. Way way more meandering because at least funny people was a, was a turducken of a movie. Like it had a movie within a movie, you know, like Mm -hmm. there were like two very distinct plot lines with like a, like a, you know, first act, second act, third act. Yeah. And they were like both telling a story. It didn't end up amounting to much in the end. Right. Uh, but like this one amounts to even less and there is no story. It's just 
like I I man, I this felt this one, longer than funny people to me when it was over. That was one it, of my first thoughts. Yeah, it did. It did. Um when they go on uh I don't know, vacation or whatever, when they go to that hotel right, um, yeah. that resort or whatever. And I think it was Laguna. High, yeah, and they were coming home. We had to pause because Bethany had to go to the bathroom. And I was like, we're only 40 minutes into this movie. That's t- they take a vacation from the, from the movie. Yeah. And there's some sweet, funny stuff in there. There's some quality Pete and Debbie content in this whole movie. But I found myself just kind of like, what? where are we? Because, yeah, the funny people, you're like, okay, they're in, we're in county. I know where we're at. They're, they're at Leslie Mann's house. But it's like they would come, they would weave in and out of like, yeah, skits, sketches. Yeah. We, uh, I will say, I think that Debbie is much more of like the bad guy in this movie versus Knocked Up. Because like her stupid list, which is all about her, mm-hmm. but she's making it like, and he's pointing out like, these are all things that you do. And she's like, uh, we're not pointing fingers. I, we just both need to do this, you mm. know? And it's everything that like, Every dramatic thing that happens in this is caused by her overreacting or her, like, getting mad at Pete. I mean, there is, like, some miscommunication going on with the with the with with his job mm-hmm. um, and, and that whole thing. But she's also lying to him about the pregnancy. That is what the plot of this should have been, is that... Oh, my God, I'm pregnant. She finds out that she's pregnant. He finds out that... About we're, like we're that fucked financially. Didn't sell any of those records, yeah, and tells her, and is like, I'm really stressed out about this. At the same time that she was going to tell him that she's yeah. pregnant, and then keeps it to herself and has to hide that from him while they're like going through this. But then it's like stressing her out, and she's like blowing up at every little thing, and he's like, yeah. "What? What's going on?" That is such a better through line of a plot. Hmm. Of and like it, we didn't agree to have a baby when I when we were in our forties. That's not what the plan was. Yeah, you know? and like and Paul Rudd's thing could be like because there's this great line where Leslie Mann says like yeah forty to sixty these are supposed to be the happiest years of our lives where yeah. we're supposed to settle everything's supposed to start working out and we hit our grind and Paul Rudd's yeah. like oh, my fucking business just fell apart I'm about to like sell the house yeah like, things have never been more unstable. Yeah. Right when things are supposed to hit their groove and we're supposed to hit middle age. Like that's yeah. that's a that's something. Right. And what's crazy and is all of that's in the movie. It's just yeah. surrounded by other stuff. Right. And it's all mix and match. Like why is she why 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 is Jody stealing money from the store? Why does she have like it's cool that she has a store, I guess, but like also why is Megan Fox in the movie? Like what purpose does she serve in the movie other than having someone for her to go out with? Right. Um, okay, let's do it. You know, let, let's do that thing. Okay, let, let, if the movie's like a car with the engine, you know. Yeah. Let's just take let's just look at Desi and Jody and the store. Yeah. Like beginning to end. So she has a store. Yeah. It's seen. It's important. It's not just like a lark. Yeah. Because it's like a boutique mm-hmm. fashion store that boutique like clothing store that rich people in Brentwood open up to have something to do. Right. But Pete is like worried when it's struggling. 
because right. he's like, hey, fuck, we need that store to be doing well, you know? Um, right. Okay, so she has a store. Jody works there because they met around the Knocked Up era. Right, um, along with Jason, who along returns with- as her uh, personal trainer. Yeah. Yeah, was that fun for you to see those two return? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because like, like the only fun Jody scene is the scene in in the coffee shop when she's admitting that she was the one who stole the money. Yeah, and like she like starts voice. like talking like a fucking demon, um, <laughs> like that, like because then I'm like, oh, there's Jody. Like Jody's a little fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, but like the the J, yeah, the J, the J stuff. Just one, he was J, and now he's Jason. Mm, yeah. Which is like okay. Okay, like I assume it's supposed to be the same guy. It is, yeah. Um, but that's... yeah, but like, yeah. But he's like, he's not quite the same. He's not. He's a he's, little. He's too, still. Uh, he's, well, yeah. it's, it, he still has that kind of scumbag lecherousness, where yeah, he's still like openly. He's somehow like openly sexualizing Debbie, and yeah. saying that he would have sex with her and is attracted to her, but isn't like quite like. Uh, Todd from Scrubs, right? But that's true. I guess the difference is with we get the scene with him and Megan Fox and Chris O'Dowd, where he actually has game, is supposed to have game, right? So, so here's my here's my thing. Okay, uh, this is my theory. My okay. theory is when he originally conceived of this movie, Megan Fox was actually her sister, like another and sister, Chris. What? No, no. Her, her sister. Like, uh, uh, what's, I forget her name. What was her name in Knocked Up? Catherine Heigl. Allison. Yeah. Yeah. Catherine Heigl. I, I think that that was supposed to be Catherine Heigl. Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you mean. Okay. I think, I think Megan Fox was supposed to be Catherine Heigl and Chris O'Dowd was supposed to be Seth Rogen. Oh. I think that that's actually what they were, and then he had to like rewrite them and create new characters and new scenarios for them. But my my theory is that Seth Rogen was supposed to be working at Pete's Upstart as like the web designer guy or whatever, like Chris O'Dowd was, and was supposed to be fulfilling that role. And then like Debbie, maybe she had a shop, and maybe like somebody is steal. I don't know if that it was a thing in that version, but I I feel like her going out. With Megan Fox and stuff, I feel like that was supposed to be Catherine Heigl, just like the first movie. I'm afraid. I'm afraid you might be giving him too much credit, Scott. In that way, you um, think so? I think from what I've under from what I've gathered from the research I've done, uh, he says. Uh, so there was like supposed to be there was like a line, a throwaway line to say that Ben and Allison moved to Atlanta, and that Allison works for CNN. But uh-huh. then in the commentary, there was also a moment where he mentioned like he wanted to write a scene where they FaceTime Ben and he's like divorced now. <laughs> like they got a divorce. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, in terms of like from the writer brain in, in this film comment interview, he says something interesting where he said he always viewed Ben and Allison as Pete and Debbie in the past. Huh. So he was like. So when it came time, so his kind of origins for for this movie, kind of like what you said, Scott, him and Leslie Mann were just kind of talking about being 40. Uh And he was like, oh, man, this would be a really interesting movie. But then he was like, wait a second. Like, I already, why would I, who would I cast as the kids? Like, right. Who would be, who would Leslie Mann, who would the husband be? Why would the, I already have all these characters. Right. 
I'll I'll just make a I'll just make a spinoff. And he mentioned being a huge like sitcom baby growing up, and like sure. you know Mary Tyler Moore had a bunch of uh, you know the Jeffersons and good you know happy it, days happy days yeah, yeah you would just see characters yeah, yeah, yeah. spin off and go on their own adventures um, right but I but I think so my thing with the Megan Fox Jody thing though is I think there's uh-huh. a way to rope that back into oh my god we're 40 because that's what the movie is is like yeah because you know there's that part where like megan fox is like you know taking our clothes off and trying on clothes and leslie man's like oh my god you're young and i'm old and that's which, which was the most absurd part of the movie because i was like we were both watching this and i was like i love that we're watching this and we're not supposed to think that leslie man is absolutely as hot as megan fox is yeah like like she looks just as good that's why that's why it's so funny when melissa mccarthy just lays into their looks in her scene yeah where she's like you're just fucking you're believing them because they're hot and i'm not and yeah they look they look like a fucking bank commercial couple and i (laughs) because you're right like that scene kind of falls flat because any audience member is like what 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 is this like yeah that's not yeah they're both hollywood actresses i'm watching two hollywood actresses <laughs> right you're the better looking one cuz you're 25 and i'm 40 and yeah but but that's like the only time the desi kind of intersects with what the movie's about and there had to have been a way to bring that in like she's an escort like maybe it's like oh yeah her how she views her life compared to how debbie views her life or like where debbie viewed her life when she was 20 whatever yeah, they don't. It just kind of like, no, I'm not stealing. Jody's stealing. And then Jody gets the funny devil voice scene. And that's literally right. the whole part of the car. Yeah, there's not even like a part where where Megan Fox says like, oh, man, like I, I just I, I yeah, like I, I you know, I'm, I'm with a lot of guys and I make all this money and whatever. But like, I can't wait to be where you are, like where mm-hmm. you're just settled down and you have a family and a husband who with loves your, you. Your person. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what I can't wait for. Like you don't even have that. It she's just like there's just a joke about how like she keeps like uh, oh, expanding she, she keeps exp- how many guys that she goes on dates with in a year. Yeah, like, um, I've only done it yeah. like seven seven to thirty times. Yeah, and <laughs> which is funny. It's it was like solid. It was a good run quote, but like right. this could have tied to the what the movie's about, right? Or your 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 version of the whole movie being about this couple keeping each keeping a big secret from each other and it slowly curdles yeah. the whole relationship. Yeah. That arc is about so, secrets. Yeah. 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 Because, and this is the superior version of this and I understand why it wouldn't have happened this way for mm-hmm. a multitude of reasons. But like, if you get, if you jettison Megan Fox and you jettison Chris O'Dowd and you have them be divorced and you put Seth Rogen working with Pete, and you yeah. have Catherine Heigl back in town from CNN, like with her sister. Her sister confesses that she's pregnant to her sister. Oh, that's fun! It's like a reverse. And then, up. and then Pete, and then Pete knows that, like Seth, Seth Rogen knows that Pete lost all this money on this thing. Dude. And then they're like going <laughs> to stuff, and they're awkward because they're di- freshly divorced or like divorced plus uh, a few years. Yeah, but like. And they both know shit. And then, like, you get scenes where the two of them, like, you know about this and you know about this. And, like, we have to tell them. No, no, no. We can't tell them because I promise. Oh, like, man. Oh, that's great. They, yeah, right? A- Allison, Allison finds out through Ben about Pete's, like, shit about the record company growing. You have to tell yeah. them. Like, no, you're, you're not supposed to know. 
Like, yeah, yeah. That's and fun. then Ben finds out. Ben finds out about the pregnancy. That he's but pregnant. Can't tell Pete. Holy fuck! Yeah, and so and so she, he's like way more stressed out about the money than even than even yeah. Pete is because he knows what's at stake. Yeah, and then they all have to go back out into the backyard for the party. Yeah, and now yeah. fuck, 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 fuck. That's yeah. That's great. That there's a, such a better, juicier movie with that. I yeah. understand why they couldn't go that route, but my god. Right. What a movie that could have been. Yeah, because like things weren't things were still weird. But yeah, like um there's a there's a way to he he's a big fan of sitcoms Apatow and like everybody loves Raymond and stuff. And yeah. there's a tightness and a structure to the sitcom that Yeah. I think this movie I like I, I like long movies. I like movies that are mostly vibes, but this yeah. was like this was vapor. It was it was vapor, and and I think the thing that was frustrating, one of the reasons why it feels so long, because this is what I was talking about with the five act structure. The reason the, that a two hour, an under two hour movie like Forty Year Old Virgin mm-hmm. feels so long is because you keep shifting what the movie's about, and so like for five, when it has five acts, you're like, well, I've been through three of these. That's normal for a movie, but you still have two more to go. Mm -hmm. And so it just feels long. This is even worse because it shifts gears every 10 minutes. It's about something else, you know? And and it also does this weird thing where it has the, the overarching story, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the, the, the stealing the money, um, uh, from Debbie's shop and Pete losing money on the record. And then that shifts in, in Debbie's story because that storyline apparently isn't interesting enough. So then they get her pregnant, right? So yeah. then she's got that going on for the back half. She like meets her dad and all that stuff. But like, be- you have all of that, but then you just have these little, like you, you, you drop in on those plot lines, like every fourth scene, Right. Mm-hmm. Is one of those plot lines. But then the other scenes are like a little like sketch, a little improv sketch of yeah, like, yeah. ooh, what would happen in this situation? But it's like a five, five to ten minute thing. Then we go back to the main plot line and then we put it on ice again and then we go and do something else. You know, yeah, like yeah. they go on vacation or or the, the shit with uh, with with uh, uh, the, the the kid's mom. Um, right, yeah, you Melissa know? McCarthy, the kid from Super yeah, 8. Yeah, with Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, so so you have these little things that are like these little 10-minute excursions into like improv stuff, and then you go back to the plot line. Yeah, yeah, because there's that great, there's that scene where they're all in bed together watching SpongeBob, but the the vibes are just awful because, you know, Debbie and Pete had a fight, and the kids are fighting, and so everyone's just rotten, and yeah, uh, Iris Apatow is like, I'm sick of everyone fighting, and yeah. That's kind of the idea of like what we're talking about is like, oh, like because they're both keeping this thing and not dealing with the thing in the room and communicating, it's infecting the whole family. And right. that could be their moment of like, oh, shit. It's like there's, they, they have lines of that where they're like, oh, they're talking like us or we're turning them into us. Yeah. But then there's also stuff with like where they just drop shit. Like when I when when uh, when Charlotte apologizes to mm-hmm. Sadie by like you know, writing the letter for her. And then we never see Sadie get that note or give a shit or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I was I, like, well, why, why did we do that? I don't know. Cause uh, uh, Sadie never does anything nice for Charlotte because Sadie gives her no. the, the little, this little note, sweet little note of like, sorry, I'm a little cuss. And then, yeah. But then later she like steals the devices for her. Yeah. And that's yeah, fun. Sadie too. never does shit for her. 
fucking Sadie. Um, and, and not for nothing, but Iris Apatow gets the biggest laugh in the movie. Oh, what was it for you? Unfortunately, unfortunately, it is literally like five minutes into the movie, but it's <laughs> yeah. it's when she was like, she was like, you shouldn't be watching Shark oh. Week or and you can't be watching Lost because it'll give you nightmares. And she's like, I can handle nightmares. You're 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 my nightmare every day. And right. I live with you like that. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was the best. Fuck- I fucking died. <laughs> uh, my biggest laugh of the movie was also un- unfortunately early. It was yeah. uh, when Debbie was like, he goes to the bathroom for half an hour and beats like John Goodman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. But that yeah. was, um, I will say, I think, I think he passes the ball to Iris a little much in this one. Like where it's like, man, she's doing her best, but like, there's like four different times where Charlotte has to have like the big scene ending line. And yeah, it's like, Okay, like that was that was a that wasn't as good as that was the last one, but yeah. Oh, another thing I wanted to update with speaking of like the of the of the, the goils is uh, I kind of was like super pro. Yeah, put your kids in a movie last week. Uh huh. And I think I did. I wanted to do uh, Apatow and Man. Uh, I wanted to represent them accurately. That it was a very much an ongoing conversation, movie to movie, whether mm. or whether or not it was like, hey, is this good? Is this what's best? How are we feeling? And so, you know, they were always very like updating and like, how are they feeling? How are we feeling? And wasn't like, who cares? Let's do it. And so I wanted to revise that, you know? Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, I think this is the last movie that they're in where they, I think from this point on, they're both like adults. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. I... I didn't realize this whole time. I thought it was Maude who was in love, not, not Iris. Oh yeah. Uh, it wasn't until I was looking them up while watching this movie that I was like, Oh, that's Iris. That's in love. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. How, how has that been for you watching these kids like age over the course of a month? It's a, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a little, it's pretty crazy. It's trippy. Cause you're right. Cause like in, in love, she is like a teen. She's a teenager. And yeah, I still picture like the baby and knocked up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, nope. So crazy. Um, all right, let me think. Uh, so other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is it, the thing is this one's so hard to talk about because because of the structure, it's so hard to talk about. No, for sure. There is though, like, um, in the commentary, he speaks to exactly what you're talking about, Scott. Of and this is in knocked up as well. Of his thesis is part of being married and having kids and having a family is you have these big fights and you say horrible stuff to each other and you're screaming and then two hours later you're on the couch and you're watching like Yellowstone or uh-huh. or you're dancing to High School Musical and so uh-huh. he kind of is like I enjoy that kind of. Now they're now they're cool, even though they just had a big fight or like, because that's how it is, man. That's how life is. And it's kind of what you were saying at the very beginning of like, yeah, that's honest. But also like we have to watch this. Right. And it's it takes away from your your ending because, you know, they just have blow up after, you know, blow up after blow up and they 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 you know forgive each other after every single one and so then at the end they have another blow up and then they get back together again and i'm like okay so is this just like 
is is the point of this just to say like it's going to be like this forever? Like they're just constantly mm-hmm. just going to like yell at and scream at each other, and then like everything will be fine again, and it's just going to be a cycle of that forever? Is that like the point? I, yeah, <laughs> I I'm I, I think you're right. I think that is what he's saying. I think because it's like that's yeah. I think that's what he how he views marriage is like you you love this person, but because of that they drive you nuts. And like, yeah, but you come back and I, I'm so curious of, of what you thought about this as, as a married guy, but I don't want you to like, but did any of this resonate I, with you more than it did in 2012? Look, I, I hate, I hate to be this guy, but no, because yeah, I'm, please I, be that guy. Yeah. Not, not at all. Um, I, and I, but the thing is like, I, I am not married under the circumstances of Pete and Debbie. Like there's that mm. conversation where Debbie is like. If I hadn't gotten pregnant, would we have ever gotten married? And he's like, uh, and I'm like, no, Debbie. And that's a stu- that's a fucked up thing to ask. <laughs> like, no, like that, that, like you would not be married. You would have a completely different life. That is the whole point of like marriage for 90% of people in, in, in this world is mm-hmm. like, it's a, it's a marriage of not convenience of, of situation, mm-hmm. you know, this is who I and, met at this point yeah. in my life. Right. Yeah. And so I got married and like later I'll either get a divorce and, and meet someone else or, you know, other people are just like, well, no, we'll just, this is, this is who I'm with. This is my person now, um, mm-hmm. whether, you know, I like it or not. And that's why you get all of the stupid boomer jokes of like, ah, oh, my wife, the old ball and chain. Okay. Um, so, so the, the, like, do you ever wish that your wife would just quietly just die, just slip into death? Uh huh. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that old boomer thing, um, but uh, the but but the but yeah. So like, mm-hmm. no, I don't I don't get anything out of this from my marriage because my marriage, you know, we dated for ten years before yeah. we got engaged, mm-hmm. and uh, we're like each other's best friend, and you know, it's just it's not the same thing. Um, yeah, I'm so interested. This is about this. This is about like you know most. Like I, I would say, what eighty percent of healthy marriages are like this one, where they argue all the time, but then they forgive each other and they get over it, and then you know they communicate and they're constantly learning about each other, and mm-hmm. and yeah, they are not necessarily perfect matches for each other, but they make it work. That's like the whole thing with marriage, right? Is like you make it work, mm-hmm. um, and so like I understand that. So like I don't want to be an asshole to be like, yeah, no, I don't get this at all because I have a perfect marriage. No, but, like, no. And, you know, and then you know, like a year versus fifteen, fourteen years, yeah. Like, what what what's that? And I'll, I guess I'm in, I was curious because like watching this, I was seeing I'm not married, but I am now at that age. Fortunately, I, I feel really lucky that so many of my really good lifelong friends are married mm-hmm. and have partners, have like wives and husbands that are attached to their lives now. And so I was seeing flashes of them in Pete and Debbie, like moments of just the way they would like kind of like challenge each other of like, oh shit, that kind of reminds me of so and so and and so and so. That's so I and I, I found that interesting, but like sure, but yeah, I mean, I think that's totally cool that not to not to <laughs> that you weren't watching this being like, whoa, look, that's us. <laughs> yeah, through a fun I, house uh, mirror. No, but I will say so. Like so, like there is that aspect of it that I was hmm. like, I was just not. I don't know the the yeah I, I didn't relate to I guess yeah, yeah but yeah. there was a scene in this movie 
<laughs> well, mo- two two scenes, but especially one scene in this movie that I was like, hit me like a goddamn freight train, was the scene where uh, Leslie Mann meets her father for lunch, played by John Lithgow. Mm-hmm. And he has kids. Both of their parents have like, they're like old and they, they got remarried and they have kids, um, like little kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that was... That whole scene where he's like, you know, like showing pictures and being like, look at my happy mm-hmm. family that I have now. And like, you know, look how like successful we are and how go, great we are. And you're I not a her, part of this. I go to her soccer yeah. games. And- yeah. All of that, like that hit me like a freight train because my, my dad got remarried, had kids later in life. And um, I can literally, <laughs> one of them was my wedding, but I can, I can count. Well, number one, since I left, mm-hmm. uh, since I was I was I was forcibly removed from living with my dad when he had his first kid, um, and and had to move in with my mom again. From then, from that point, which was like two thousand, oh two thousand, that was that was the year two thousand. Mm. Uh, since that point, since the year two thousand, I can count on one hand how many times I've seen my dad in person. Yeah. Um. And and talk to him on the phone is maybe twice that. Yeah. Then uh, that's so it's like that whole thing where he's like showing picture. Like my dad does that to me all the time and mm-hmm. thinks that yeah, it's totally fine. I'm catching you up on my life. But I'm like, but like you, you have didn't no let idea. Me have that life. Yeah. You like, don't like. You know how much this is hurting me. Or like what 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 this is I don't opening think he up? Does. Yeah 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 yeah. I don't, I, I, yeah, no, I don't think sure. he has any idea. Just like John Lithgow had like no idea yeah, until he, yeah yeah. And she's so good in that scene of like not saying anything but just wearing each wound on her face, each cut. Yeah, yeah. So that was brutal. That scene was brutal. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish there was more of that in the movie. The the parents stuff. Me too, um, because it's you don't see enough of that in movies like. Yeah, it's much more often to see the Pete and Debbie model, where like, right, you stay together and you make it work, and the the kids the kids are around until graduation, and then they go to college, and then we die together side by side, and and that's that's so that's not people's story. It's not Judd Apatow's story, and right. he's able to bring his first hand of like him being a child of divorce and having like separate families and having like the messiness that's so. Rich and yeah, I wish there was more of it in the in the movie. Yeah, yeah. No, that though that scene and then the scene the 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 stuff with Albert Brooks, especially the first scene. The only part of the Albert Brooks thing is like the asking, like the needing money part. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. That was that was the other part of this where it was just like I don't I don't know why we're why did we need this added wrinkle? Wasn't it enough that people are stealing from the store and also. <laughs> You know your 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 record that you put all your life savings onto didn't sell. Isn't that yeah. enough of a financial structure struggle? Do we also need to be giving away money to your father? But um, yeah. So for me, it was it was the uh it was the it was the it was the scene with Lithgow and and you know her reaction to what was happening. Mm-hmm. And like seeing the photos and everything of this life that she never had and is watching these other kids that she barely knows get to have this relationship with their with their father that 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 she never had that yeah. hit. And then the conversation with Paul Rudd and Albert Brooks, where they're like sitting in the living room um, and the way that Albert Brooks like talks about his life 
and whatever and is like very dismissive of his of just like yeah. ah yeah okay yeah good for you but like this is what's going on with me and blah 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 and making it all about that sort of narcissism yeah that's the other aspect of it that's like talking to my dad so it was like I just got it both from both ends. It was like, oh, well, Albert Brooks reminded me of my dad, and then the situation reminded me of the Lithgow scene, and it was, like, brutal. Man. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's... Yeah. Because it's so... I can't think of a lot of movies that have their characters that show that aspect of what adulthood is. Yeah. Uh, that, And I think it, it, it does a great job of humanizing Pete and Debbie, of, like, showing kind of, like, where... And I, I really liked it when... Paul Rudd confronted Lithgow at the party. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, you're the reason she can't feel love right. Cause you fucked her up. And, <laughs> and now I'm dealing with it. You know, even his, it's so selfish yeah. because it's like, yeah. yeah, this is, this is, this feels rich, more rich than like yeah. another, another Pete and Debbie fight. Right. Right. Um, also, wow. They fucking double down on her being an anti-vaxxer, huh? <laughs> yeah. The, the so she had, he secretly gave Charlotte antibiotics and that's how her ear infection went away. Um, God damn! <laughs> yeah, I I've, I yeah. that one that one that freaks me out because I'm like I'm like is she playing a character or is this a thing that they're pulling from their real life where <laughs> I, Leslie Mann is that way and he isn't. The word the the phrase was because like the it was like a. A gumbo, you know, a cosmic gumbo yeah. writing this movie. <laughs> sure. Of, <laughs> Naturally. They, they would ask Paul Rudd and his wife, like, what's some shit that's happened to you? And, like, yeah. Pete is kind of like, they they call Pete, like, a nightmare version of the worst parts of Paul Rudd and Judd Apatow as a husband. Sure. Like, the inability to take stuff seriously, the not being present. And, yeah. But, like, yeah, kind of like everything you've said Scott is an issue is like a choice I've, I've, I've read or heard Apatow say is like, yeah, I did that on purpose. But like the result is because like a, a theme of the movie was like when you hit 40, it's like everything's too much. There's just too much going on. You got to deal with are my kids good people? What what Internet are they watching? What am I feeding them? What's my carbon footprint? I'm I have to drop them off early at school. Oh, no work. Oh, no. My parents are sick. So. I want the movie to feel like that. And it leads to what you're talking about of like, what's all this stuff? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, if the if the if the overarching story, mm-hmm. if there was a plot that we were following that we could keep track of all the way through to the end and feel like there's a satisfying conclusion at the end of the movie, then all of that stuff, all that all that stuff yeah <laughs> um is fine like then it's just color right, right on yeah. a on a on a structured story and plot and character arcs but without that stuff it it, it it's all stuff yeah um, and it's just it's just oops all stuff okay so i have two two things but what you just said yeah. what you just described is is uh so like the arc of like okay we want to know there's a big a payoff a thing that we're heading towards and with 40-year-old version and knocked up, we had the airtight, like, we know exactly where we're going. At the end of this movie, true. we're going to see Andy get laid. And yeah. when he gets laid and he finally loses the virginity, that's when we know that the movie's over Mario Flag. And right. <laughs> with, with knocked up, we had that beautiful, like, we cut to, you know, 32, you know, 18 weeks, you know, 
we know the end of this right. movie is going to end with the baby being born. Right. And funny people and, and this is 40 have don't have that North star. The North star in this movie is Pete's birthday party, which they're making a big fucking to do about <laughs> yeah. the whole goddamn movie. And I'm like, why are you guys spending 10 grand on his 40th birthday party? Like I, and then she, all she wanted to do was go get a hotel at a resort. And like, yeah, why is his, her, why is his so much more fucking special than hers? Well, cause I couldn't track the joke of it's not her, it's her 38th birthday. Yeah. But it's his 40th. So it's like, how seriously yeah. are they taking that? Where like, I also fucking hate that. I hated that too. Cause I'm yeah. just, I'm just like, really? That's such an old joke. Like that, that was, that was like crusty by the time this movie came out. The, the sure. joke of like, of like, oh, women, they, they like, they're like 38, like seven times or like whatever mm-hmm. the fuck, you know? <laughs> Used to be 29. Now it's like going into your thir- your 40s. Yeah, and it but, goes up a little. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, there was because like and that was even brought up and knocked up. There's that scene where Debbie's like, no, he's going to get they keep they keep doing this, man, because Albert Brooks at the very end of this movie is like, oh, you watch Debbie. The second he turns 50, you're going to wake up and you're going to be married to a rabbi. I'm like, nope, he's like he's like 55. Yeah, they both look the same. They both look exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, I, I was. Yeah, really, I was. I, you know what I was thinking about was like she was just constantly like talking about his health and stuff, and like in the list scene, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, she's like, stop eating the cupcakes. Which, by the way, that fucking blew my mind. I'm like, how many goddamn cupcakes, cupcakes does how how many cupcakes does anybody eat? Anyone? I'm yeah. the, like, you're telling me he eats like two or three cupcakes a day? Where is he getting these cupcakes? Who's Why do you have them? so many fucking cupcakes in your house? It's not bread. You don't yeah. go and get cupcakes every week at the store. Oh my god! Yeah, it's not even a donut. Like it's you a know, cu- like a it's, cupcake. It's a cupcake. It's a whole thing. I don't. There's yeah. there's a part where um the the scene also very I don't want to say hacky but very well trotted where they're tossing out all the bad food. Yeah. Um. He's told he's throwing away like four cupcakes. Yeah. Like a plate. Yeah. So those he's are either- had a bunch of cupcakes and then he has a cake. At his birthday, and then he comes inside, and he's got cupcakes, cupcakes, and he's eating the cupcakes, and she's like, stop eating the fucking cupcakes! And I'm like, yeah, you have a cake outside! You have a whole cake! Why are you eating cupcakes? Those are either bakery or she baked them, and those are both, like, totally in your power. Yeah, it's just cupcakes, muffins, like, he's just obsessed with this shape of baked good. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter what it is, he's gonna fucking eat it. <laughs> Um, but, but anyway, but that whole thing of her being like, you're so unhealthy. Meanwhile, he like fucking rides his bike constantly. And I'm like, he can't be that fucking unhealthy. But all I could think about was like, this is still three years before Ant-Man, before he gets absolutely fucking ripped. (laughs) And they're like, oh, he's so old. He's like 40. And it's like, he's not even, he hasn't, he hasn't even gotten his action role yet. Like that hasn't even happened yet. Like, like this isn't even his final form. Yeah, insane. He's about to hit a whole new peak of hotness. Yeah, like he's completely insane. Um, one thing I did enjoy and star star opposite someone from Lost. So that's right. That didn't even track that. <laughs> um, that's real. Mod Mod Apatow's Lost obsession was drawn from real life, and Apatow finding it kind of scary that she's like, he's like, it's not good for a brain to consume that whole that much story. 
in like a week. That feels like some like old man shaking fist at clouds kind of. Yeah, it's kind of that starting. doesn't. Yeah, that didn't that didn't uh, that didn't age well because I'm just like had Netflix had any Netflix originals aired at this point. I think like maybe this year. I think like House of the Car House of the Cards was like 2012, I think, or 2011. Because um, right? I, I was in college, and I think Orange Is the New Black was like later that year. Yeah, 2013 was, was so House close. of Cards. So it definitely had not hit yet. So the idea of binging was not a thing yet. Was, yeah, they never say it. It it was like being invented. Like she, what he was, what he was acknowledging was people binging TV shows, but yeah, there was no phrase for that. It was, it was not an understood. It certainly wasn't any company's business model. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Sadie yeah. was the, the blueprint. Yeah. Um, I, so I going on that staying on that thread, looking at this now, I actually kind of found a lot of Sadie's like outrage and anger to be justified. Of- yeah. Like, why are you taking away the Wi-Fi? Like, I haven't... I'm good. I'm not doing anything bad. Well, but that's... That is... I will say, and again, none of this is, like, firm enough because, God forbid, we give somebody a character arc in this goddamn movie. Right. But it goes back to Leslie Mann, to Debbie's flaw, which is that my problem is everyone else's problem. So... I don't want Wi-Fi around, so now you don't get Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. I don't want baked goods or or snacks around, so now you don't get the snacks. Like her making her problem everyone else's problem is like her big character defect. Yeah. In well, because because there's this there's this great scene in Knocked Up. I don't think we talked about where you know she's she's like she she and Allison are in bed and they're like sharing they're like talking about like controlling your partner. And Debbie's like, Oprah says the point of being married is to like, just call that person out and whittle them away and change them and change them and change them until at the end, they thank you for it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And Allison's like, like you. Yeah. It's like, that's fucking horrifying. But so in Debbie's mind, she is like, no, my job is to help my family be the best versions of themselves. And make sure that we're all eating healthy and all being present and not being right. addicted to the internet. And even right. though they're, I'm driving them crazy and they're screaming at me, I know deep down I'm making their lives better and they'll thank me for it someday. Right. But it's, but it is the best version of themselves according to me. Yes. Yeah. Like, Which is the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's yeah. not about like who Sadie is or who, like what Pete, who Pete is or right. like who they're. Which is why. Which is why I am, um, I'm I that, that's why I'm like I'm like questioning the anti-vax thing because then then that feels like a character trait that Debbie would have because being anti-vax is exactly that it's yeah. th- this is this is what I feel and so I'm gonna make it your problem you know oh, that's a good point yeah Be- yeah because yeah she's she has this apprehension towards Western medicine she doesn't trust it. So right, it's like not an option, or or immediately she blames the doctor on, like why Charlotte even has an ear infection, and then takes it to and you know Pete's like aversion towards like the the I think the scene that doesn't age well is when he's like mocking the doctor's like voice like his accent, 
Yeah, his like speed speed. I think he has, he has a lisp. They have a lisp. So yeah, like mocking the lisp. Yeah, and so a lot of that. But like, so yeah, it's like I can understand yeah. his aversion and like wanting Charlotte to like actually get antibiotics. But yeah, that also kind of felt yeah. a little bit outmoded, like fear of the the Indian doctor and his kooky, right? right. Not eating wheat, but also like that's not. I I I I just I don't know like that that didn't feel honest to me like mm-hmm. what would have been honest to me was like yeah like I want to see like I want to do like Eastern medicine or whatever and then going and seeing some like blonde like thirty two yeah. year old like, like a, with, with crystals a, with and a pyramid shit. scheme business selling her fucking essential oils that's Dude, what should have happened that's a killer like Margot Robbie and yeah. like she has like Debbie wrapped around her finger oh and- yeah. That's yeah. yeah. See, I would I see that. There you go. That's another plus up. Get rid of the boutique shop. Have her have a a, a fucking a multi level marketing uh, company. That's like, uh, that yeah. is that is losing a shitload of money because she can't sell anything because everyone is in it in the neighborhood. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, Pete. Yeah, Pete. Like Debbie doesn't know that she's in an MLM, and Pete's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And yeah. just, Every time we cut back to her, she's just getting more and more in more deep. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he he seemed See, that that's the problem is like the things that he chooses to focus on aren't reinforcing the character's flaws and therefore the movie has no theme as a result. Yeah, like Pete and Debbie are both kind of proxies for you know, Rudd and Apatow and Man and and you know, just kind of like the every couple that Right. I think it does the characters a disservice where they don't get to have even arcs like Ben and Allison did and knocked up. Right. Right. Cause there's this moment at the very, very end of the movie, you know, where I, where I'm talking about where, where, you know, you were talking earlier about the, uh, the idea that Leslie Mann is like saying like, I know what, I know what's best for everyone. Like, I'm going to make you all the best versions of you that I, but according to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's her big character flaw. Then at the end of the movie, you know, like the whole movie, she's like, why are you going after this old guy? Like, nobody gives a shit about this guy. You're not going to sell any records. Like, la- people like Lady Gaga. That's why she sells records and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, they go out for his for his birthday and they go see a live show. And it's it's God help us. It's Ryan Adams. Um, yeah, also didn't age another, well. Yeah. Also did not age well. But like, sees Ryan Adams and he likes Ryan Adams. And she's like, why don't you sign him? And it's like, oh, see, now you are trying to help him be the best version of Pete, but it's on Pete's terms, yeah. not on yours. It's mm-hmm. like it's like a nice compromise, a nice happy medium of like, why aren't you going after these guys instead of these underdogs? Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, actually, he is between labels and blah, 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 you know, which is like super fucking convenient. Pete. <laughs> um, but. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like that at least is something. But the problem is like if I didn't say that just now, mm-hmm. like I didn't realize that while watching the movie, it like came into my head as we've been talking about it. It's right. not something that's like clear um, in the movie that that's what her character arc is, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, she finally is starting to blah, blah, blah. Or like. Something with Sadie, like understanding her. Cause, like, yeah, there's that hint of a moment where, like, they're stalking her. Like, they're reading all of her messages and stuff. And then they're like, oh, wow, our kid is, like, really polite, but also, like, 
defends herself and sticks up for herself. Oh, wow. And then it's like never brought upon again. Right. And that can be something too of like, hey, like you're a pretty good kid. Like I'm going to let you be your own or like something. (laughs) But that's the thing though. I think that that happens too early in the movie. Mm -hmm. And so like that is, that is something that should have happened toward the end of the movie. So that they can realize this thing that, like, she's not who they thought she was Mm -hmm. and, like, they should trust their kid and let her have Wi-Fi and her phone and her privacy and all of these things because, like, they can trust her. But instead they do it early in the movie so that they can have Leslie Mann tell off a kid and then get in trouble with Melissa McCarthy and do that whole thing as a way of bringing them back together after uh, 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 an earlier blow up. This yeah, is like the third time that they get back together after like having a fight. Right. And both of those things are again like ripped from life of it's that thing where you get a little too angry at a kid when yeah. they threaten your kid and you say stuff for like, oh, I shouldn't have said that to a kid. Um Yeah. And then also the now, thing now you would literally get arrested, I think, if you said the things that she said to that kid. Right, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, and I, there, there would be no conversation with the with the principal. It would be she calls the cops and you're arrested. That's yeah. what would happen. Yeah, she said she wanted to like hit my kid with a car. I think at one point. Yeah, yeah. Um, that part for me was when they were like high at the hotel and they were like naked with like the and the bellhop and stuff. I'm like, oh yep. yeah, that, that's 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 awesome. another one. Hey, have you seen my starfish? Like yeah. that. Yeah, I was like, oh boy. Nope, that's not mm-hmm. ugly. And the but like yeah, you're right. Pete and Debbie like rallying and defending each other against uniting against Melissa McCarthy. It was again that idea of like even though they're having a fight, they fall back in their default positions of defending each other. Yeah. See what this movie should have been focused on and should have done is that they both have these solo problems, right? Whether that's I, I really think they should have picked a lane. With the pregnancy or or the, the, the store the losing money at the store or mm-hmm. what or some other third thing, but they probably should have just stuck with one thing for her instead of switching gears halfway yeah. through. I but really like, please, but like listen, so she has a thing that that she is doing and hiding from him. He has the 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 thing the failure of the record that he's hiding from her, and they're both separately like freaking out about these things Mm -hmm. and what the movie reinforces time and time again until they get it through their thick skulls is that they are stronger and better when they're together. Yeah. And like, that's what they should. And so that you come to the other side of it and they both confess what they've been hiding from each other and they solve each other's problems. Really? Yeah. Like, Oh no, just really easily just because they, they, they they're better together Mm -hmm. as a team, as a unit and that's the thing that they realize, and that's the way that you end the movie is like, oh, like this is they're not going to lie to each other anymore yeah. about stuff like this because like they realize like, oh, we should have just been honest with each other, and we could have solved. We wouldn't have been stressed out about these things this whole time. Yeah, this is forty. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. we're we're in it now. Like yeah, yeah, that feels. I'm really I really love just the idea of. Uh, I like the pregnancy just because I, I really love the idea of doing a sister scene of the knocked up Debbie and Allison doing the pregnancy test yeah. montage. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that's fun. Also, I love I love the idea that 
uh, that she got pregnant from the Via- Viagra scene at the very beginning. <laughs> that's the first thing we see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, which, which, by the way, I also, like, I get, like, oh, like, it's 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 funny because, like, he thinks he's doing it and she takes it badly. But, like, that's her whole thing is she takes everything the absolute worst way that you could take a situation. Right. Like whatever it is, because he, he was like, oh, he he saw it as a loving thing. If I'm going to take this Viagra because I am 40 and, yeah. you know, my dick works differently than it did when I was 28. Right. Um, God forbid. And so this Viagra yeah. will help me lay my wife to <laughs> yes, to the level at which I want to and she wants to. Right. And but from her perspective, I was like, oh, my husband is, finds me so re- like repre, you know, gross that he needs a pill. Repulsive. Repulsive. Yeah. And he's yeah, like yeah. He's not Yeah. You should you he's should like, need no, a pill. I, I I I get I get you you give me boners. I just wanted to give you a super boner. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just you know. I but like it's the fact that he's explaining himself and she's just not accepting it mm-hmm. is is the part that real I really struggled with with Debbie in this movie. Right, and you're like she could. They could be better than th- they could be writing her better than this. Yeah, like- yeah. Because like I wanted, I so badly wanted that scene to be like to end with the. They have that argument, and then it end with her just be like, "Well, all right, well, let's not waste it." You know, like right, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I wanted her to have like a secondary layer, but like there wasn't a secondary layer. It was just mm-hmm. one the one layer of like. Oh, you find me repulsive, and that's why you need a pill. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this one kind of weirdly, it did feel a little a little sitcommy at times in like a bad way, I, in an awkward way. I I think that that's my big pitch is that this should have been a sitcom. Yeah, like a like an HBO, like a, you can say fuck and have like you know be profane, yep. but yeah, a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. So you get these little thirty minute slice of life episodes. I still think they should. I think they should bring them back and do it as an HBO series. This is 50. Yeah, this is. Yeah. I, you you so poor, badly want it to be called that. So clean. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I had another idea. I don't, I don't think I said this on air, but we were talking about a knocked up sequel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you wait long enough, if you wait like five more years, you could maybe have Seth and Seth Rogen and Catherine Heigl's like daughter being the one that's like. They are they pregnant or is their partner sure. a different angle of like, hey, my partner wants to get pregnant or like like the idea of throwing those characters into a new situation involving yeah. pregnancy. Yeah. Be. And like Grandpa Seth Rogen would fuck everyone up. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I didn't realize how young Seth Rogen still is. I was like, yeah, yeah. He's only like 41 or something like that. I was like, wow, you got you got a whole life ahead of you. Jesus. <laughs> it's part of that thing of where you like look a certain way for a long time. People kind of stop thinking about what your age is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also like he has so much gray in his hair that I thought he was like pushing 50. But he's he's right. He's not. Yes. He's got that yeah. Steve Martin he's just, thing. He's just not dying his hair. <laughs> I was thinking I wish I had time to watch some of like his movies like Neighbors or the interview or this is the end to kind of just see how his, his movies feel tighter than Apatow films. Oh, a hundred percent. They do. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's ever made something on the level of like 21 jump street. 
but no, like no, but but he is he is a better writer than Apatow. Yeah, no, I think it's right. Yeah. I think I, I think it's just like or more interested in being a better writer. Right, that's very true. Yeah, because because the thing about Apatow is like I think that like this movie is a good example of like what happens when a when a stand up comedian. Mm-hmm. Somebody who idolizes stand-up comedy becomes a screenwriter. It's like, oh, you're not doing the basic stuff because you're like, no, man, I got to be honest. Right. I'm just going to like just riff, man. Just kind of yeah. say what's on my mind. Yeah. But it's like but that works in stand-up because stand-up doesn't need to have a story structure. Yeah. You know, it usually has like some kind of theme, overarching theme or whatever mm-hmm. that you work out on the road. But like it doesn't have a characters and arcs and Climax. things like that yeah yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> so yeah I'm, this I, this really just feels like a stand-up routine about being for in your 40s and this kind of didn't this didn't it did around the same business as funny people like it just cost less it just cost yeah. less it was not like a huge return to form box office yeah. wise but luckily you had bridesmaids at the box yeah. office you had girls being like the buzziest hit show of 2012. Right. And, and he gets a lot out of that. It seems like he, he said in interviews where he loves, he loves nothing more than to see people like Paul Feig or Lena Dunham or Seth Rogen, like blossom without him. Yeah. And that's kind of where we're headed towards post this movie is him hooking up under quote, undervalued or new stars, new comedy stars. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of, um, some, or some other stuff with this movie that I was like, but it's like so hard to focus. I feel mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, there was a deleted scene that, uh, it revealed that Pete signed Pearl Jam. At, at Sony? At, at Sony. Yeah. And that was his like big claim to fame. And that's how like Billy Joe Armstrong knows who he is. And, oh, and interesting. Kind of, I noticed their wealth a lot more this time around. I, I they seem to be noticing it a lot too. Um, That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it was a larger focus in this movie because you know they talked about their finances all the time. Yeah, like eighty grand he gave to Albert Brooks. Yeah, over over many years. Over many said. years. Yeah, yeah. What a miserable life he seemed to be leading. Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. I did like, I did like the, like the joke of like, uh, him saying things like, yeah, I made a, I made a horrible stake mistake. And now I have these three beautiful children. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. We're sorry. We're late. I I was, I just got back from cloning myself. (laughs) Seven more on the way. Uh, line up, line up for murder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your mother your mother wanted you wanted to have you aborted <laughs> yeah he's uh, Lithgow is really good in this he's really fucking good I he is playing such a character mm-hmm. I was like blown away by him in this movie like this was a really good performance from Lithgow he, man that that guy he always shows up everything oh, yeah. he does he shows up 110%. But you're right, like such a character because you had that first scene with Debbie at the at the restaurant and you're like, "Okay, I know you. I know who this guy is." But every time you see him, he's so 
you can't quite write him off as an asshole the way you do Albert Brooks's character. Yeah. Like little moments, little glimpses of humanity, like how he knows exactly when Debbie's birthday is. Yeah. Or and and would say things like uh you couldn't you couldn't wait to like you you came out in 20 minutes, you couldn't wait to see me if you can believe that, you know? Right. Stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. it breaks your heart cuz you're like he knows, he's aware, he's not he's not entirely delusional. Right. And, and you get to see well, his yeah that's the thing he's not delusional that's why he had that other family because he saw it as his way of do doing it again and doing it right better. he's like i know i didn't do and he's like maybe it's better if we're not in each other's lives he's like i thought that's what you wanted and right which goes back to communication right so like right it's all there it's yeah it's there's yeah. there's that but again it's so unfocused you know yeah where it's like again that feels like a different movie like, I don't know what, how that, the, I don't know how both of them having parents who have young kids <laughs> or other families or whatever, I don't know what that has to do with what the rest of the movie is about. And it, mm-hmm. and it seems like, well, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It's just quote unquote honest right. or something Apatow wanted to write about. <laughs> um, and and as a result, yeah, like you just get this movie that's just about too many things. And it's like mm-hmm. you could have made a movie about like five or six of these things. Right. Or, or a whole, five or six different movies. Yeah. Or a whole season or of a, a show. show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or a show. Something that I that you reminded me of was like. Oh, shit. Or yeah. Yeah. The, the idea that like they. Um... <laughs> Fuck. Damn. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I have because like they the whole thing about marriage is like we want to make it work. We want to stick it out. That's what marriage is. Yeah. You don't run away. But yeah, that's where they both come from. Is they both have at least fathers. We never hear about their moms. Uh, right. The mom from Knocked Up is nowhere to be. Never even. You know. Oh yeah, right. Wait, who was the mom in Knocked Up? I can't think of her name, but she has one of my favorite lines in Knocked Up, where she's like, "Debbie didn't get fat. Debbie's a freak of nature." <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's right but but like that's interesting is that why they're like no like we're you know both of our dads like started over but we don't want to do that because like it makes us feel terrible and we could never do that to charlotte and sadie but they never that oh yeah it's the mom from growing pains that's right oh okay that's that's her that's her mom the mom from growing pains it's delightful um yeah. Uh yeah, why didn't she Why wasn't well like where the hell is she? It's little things like that and like the Jay Jason thing that kind of makes us feel like wait, is this not the same universe? Right. Um but but also like none of it actually contradicts anything. Right. You know? Yeah. Mhm. Um and and I mean I think the I think the big thing is that like Jody is Jody. Right. That's the line in the Yeah. Yeah, where you're like, okay, that's, I mean, it's got to be the same. And there's that the one line thing. in the movie where uh, the weed that they eat at at the hotel is like from Ben. He's like, oh yeah, Ben gave me this pot brownie for Christmas. Oh, that's right. That was from Ben. Okay, yeah. But that's like the only line. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Like, there's no line about yeah. Allison. Yeah. I just think... I don't know. That's that's a yeah, and that sucks. Like it sucks that they let that 
inform this movie. Like that fucking sucks. I know for sure. Like it sucks that they couldn't bury the hatchet with Heigl over whatever. Like, you know, we, we, we talked about it over knocked up, but just kind of, again, kind of, it seems like miscommunication. Um, yeah. Or like, you know, we mentioned this, like the Apatow and Rogan haven't worked together since funny people. Right. And there's been never a hint or rumor of any bad blood between the two. It just seems like a, not even like an Adam McKay, Will Ferrell kind of way. Right. It just, just stopped happening. And so, right. But yeah, they're, 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 I think they're both missed in this. Yeah, they are. They are. Cause I, I will, I, I fully Chris O'Dowd is playing Seth Rogen. Like he's playing (laughs) like there are so many times in this where he is like straight up. Ben. Yeah. What's um, it's like, and, Oh, I'm sorry. And, like, I can't like, that, yeah. Yeah. Well, go ahead. We're, oh, we're, we're, like, I'm sorry. I don't like just like jerk off and like eat, like watch a movie and then like, eat Tommy burger. And he's like, that's not even the order that that happens in. Yes. Right. Or like there's the, the scene where they're at the, they're, they're at the, the concert at the show at the, yeah. the, 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 what is it? Charlie and the what? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Graham Parker and the rumor. Graham Parker in the rumor. Um, when uh, I think I was thinking of Charlie Daniels band. Um, <laughs> Graham Parker in the Graham Parker in the, the movie ends, show. The movie ends with Double went down to Georgia. And that's like what they're. Ah, my wife. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, they're at the show, and and Chris O'Dowd is there, and he's like talking about. Like, you know, like, why, why is this so empty? And he was like, cause nobody gives a shit about this old guy. And like the way that he's like talking, everything that he's saying, I can hear coming out of Seth Rogen's mouth. Yeah. All of it. That's true. Uh, yeah. another idea I just had is if we do follow the, the, the universe where Ben and Allison got a divorce yeah, and Chris O'Dowd is Seth Rogen, then the competition between for Megan Fox's heart that, that's another thing this movie chooses to have for like, you know, five minutes. Uh, it would be like Seth Rogen being like the divorced guy. Yeah. And I feel like that's a better angle. Cause that's the problem with the Chris O'Dowd, Jason Siegel runner is it doesn't really go anywhere. No, it, it, it doesn't go anywhere and they don't know each other. So it's not fun. There's no camaraderie there. Yeah. Um, like it'd be fun. It'd be I, funny if it was like Martin or Jonah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, like, okay, I get it. You couldn't get fucking Seth Rogen to be in the movie again. You couldn't get Ben back. That would have been the best case scenario. Why do you get fucking Chris O'Dowd? There's a whole fucking, there was an incubator full of fucking guys you could have got. <laughs> but, you could have got Jay Baruchel. You could have got Martin Starr. I'm sure one of them would have been in this movie. Gummy? You could have canonized Gummy? You could have canonized Gummy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, you're you're right, because like that's fun. Cause like that was the like a like a lot of the funniest moments in knocked up is just watching these friends who love each other just make each other miserable. Like yeah. the beard competition. So like yeah. if it was like, yeah, Jay Baruchel or Martin Starr trying to like, hey man, I really like Megan Fox, and Jason Siegel's like, I'm gonna fucking torch you. Yes. Yeah. Like no mercy. And it's not even about getting laid. It's just like like making you look bad. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I also uh one thing we haven't talked about is Barry and Barb. Um right, yeah. which which does does Annie Mamolo does she play Barb or Star? Um I think she's I think she's Barb. 
Okay, so she's barbing this and barbing that. Oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look this up. But she also, you know, famously, she had just written Bridesmaids. And right. in the commentary, Rogan was like, I mean, Rogan, Apatow was like, yeah, we just made Bridesmaids. And I was like, Chris O'Dowd's the best guy in the world. He should be in every movie. And that's why he's in this. And yeah. same with Lena Dunham. And she was like, oh, I just wanted to keep working. And that's like, for better or for worse, that's kind of what guides him a lot of the time, it seems like. I, I got to be honest. And this is the thing. I don't, it's nothing against Chris O'Dowd. It's mm-hmm. truly nothing against Chris O'Dowd. I don't think he works in this, in the Apatow world. I don't like him in Bridesmaids either. Oh, hot take. I, I don't. I don't like him. I sure, don't, sure, sure. I don't like him in, I don't like him in Bridesmaids. Why is, why is an Irish guy a cop? Why? <laughs> an American cop. Like what, oh, what no is question. going on there? Like, how does that happen? How did this, how did you get here? Yeah, and they never talk about it in the movie. Like they just Oh, I'm just an Irish like, as you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. Um like uh they're both tall too, him and Jason Siegel. Like it's not fun to see like two big, tall, hairy guys. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I really uh, hate uh I really hate uh Jason Siegel's uh spray tan in this movie too. That's what it um, was. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh you're yeah, uh, Annie Momolo played Barb. Okay. So so in this movie you have Barb and Barry two brand new characters. Mm-hmm. Uh they're like another married couple that both Debbie and Pete are like friendly with. Mm-hmm. Um they like go out and do married couple. They stuff they together. exercise together, they bike together. Right. Right, right, right. Um hate them. Hate them both. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> I I I just I just think they brought absolutely nothing to the table whatsoever, especially Barry. But like, but like, also Barb was like a lot of fucking body shaming, yeah, gross like, humor that like I didn't like at all. Um, but like, Robert Smigel isn't an actor and shouldn't be in this. He's and trying to be in Soul Comic Dog. Yeah, I I know he is. I know he is. I don't know. Letting um, listeners know in case. Yeah, he's also like a celebrated screenwriter, right? And right, yeah, like SNL yeah. sketch writer, but <clears throat> right, right, and it's um. It's one of those, yeah. I'm going to sound like such a hater, but like sometimes I'll be watching these movies and they'll be like the commentary and they'll be like the guy that, uh, <laughs> it's actually a really funny scene, but the, the part in the store where it's that random guy talking to Megan Fox and she's like, yeah, I would just like get some earth tones. And he's like, I'm just going to give you my Amex card. And you just buy whatever you, <laughs> um, yeah, but that guy in the commentary, like, oh, he's a standup comedian. He's like one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. And I'm like, you say that about everyone in these movies. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of love that, that it's just like stuff with people that Judd Apatow loves. But also sometimes it's like, yeah, you're like, yeah, it's also like, I don't know, man, maybe like write the movie first and don't think of anybody in the roles. Sure. And then cast it. Yeah. Cause, um, cause, I don't know. Because <laughs> Barry, Barry's whole thing. They're just the very true. Yeah. Like the, there's the body shaming thing. There's like the there. It kind of makes Pete and Debbie seem weirder because you're reminded of like, oh, yeah, like Barry and Barb, like, I know those two people. Those are real people. Yeah. And all of us like, yeah, I guess Leslie Mann and Paul Rudd are like gorgeous and ageless and rich. And (laughs) and you're like, wait, what? It's it's so much more. Again, it's so much more dramatically. And comedically interesting. If they're friends, they're also super competitive with them. 
in terms of being like the best married couple. Like if oh, they're, yeah. if they're like, holy shit, like an amazing married couple and like, but it's only on the outside. And so like by the end of the movie, they see them like the facade drops and they're like screaming at each other. And like, you know, that's like great. you get like a riff session where they're like talking about, they're like arguing with each other and talking about the ways that they want to kill each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not funny for Jason Siegel to like call out that Leslie Mann is like, quote, like in better shape than Annie Mumolo. And Annie no. Mumolo just like, she, he's right, womp. But like, yeah, the idea he's of like, right, I, can't feel my vagina. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so when you Jesus put Christ, when, uh, when you said like the idea of them being a better version of Pete and Debbie, my first thought was John Hamm, Kristen Wiig. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yes. it's like a new couple that they're friends with, but are like so intimidated by. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, they're us, but better. Like. Everything or I... even better, like a younger version of them. Oh, that cool. is like a perfect couple. Yeah, like you know? Adam, Adam Scott and somebody. Yeah, I don't even think they're younger than them. Okay, yeah, <laughs> same age. <laughs> I yeah, I, I think my, Adam Scott's around the same age. My my sense of age, the series is yeah. fucked. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Paul Rudd and yeah, yeah. I, I think that kind of thing makes a lot more sense, especially oh, a, it also it also makes perfect sense for like they move in and they're like this perfect 40 year old like thing. And then Leslie Mann's like, OK, we have to change everything about what we do in life because we need to be like them. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Like even the kids are the kids are like, yeah, I don't have a Facebook. I never use Wi-Fi. It's like Sadie, no more fucking Wi-Fi. Yes. Yes. See? Like we just wrote, we we over the course of this, we wrote two <laughs> two or three separate. This is forty movies that were all superior to this one. It kind of had like more of like a yeah, like a like a an engine. Yeah, that took us an hour and twenty <laughs> minutes to do that. Where the fuck were you, Apatow? Like what are you, what doing, are you man? doing? <laughs> Too busy listening to fucking Pearl Jam LPs. Uh, God damn it! Oh, uh, Dave Franco, Allison Brie. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. As the Great. younger version. Yeah, as yeah. the younger married if you couple. Do, if you do a younger version, yeah, for sure. It's um, like, yeah, no, that's, that is a perfect combo. Yes, absolutely. As themselves. Yes, yeah, as themselves. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, Billy Joe wasn't, I know we were, we were just talking last week about how great the cameos have been. And I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think they hook Billy Joe the way, up the way they do like Eminem or... No, the Billy Joel thing, the, the, the Billy Joel thing sucked. Like him being like, hey, fuck you, pal. Like, I'm like, how the fuck did he even hear that? You're <laughs> you're at a live show and he's like 20 feet away. How did he hear any of that? Yeah, it was kind of. Uh, but yeah, that was the other thing that because that was Chris O'Dowd and everything he was saying. I was like, oh, I bet it's like I could hear Seth Rogen saying that those things about yeah. Billy Joe. And yeah, I really be really cool to see them work together again for like, Seth Rogen Seth Rogen yeah yeah like yeah, knocked up knocked up to or yeah this is 60 uh, uh <laughs> this is <laughs> once once this, this is this is 50 slash 40 this is 50 40 um, yeah this um, is 50 40 this was a while ago I don't know if he would still be interested in this but he was also thinking about going in reverse and following Sadie Oh, this is 20. This is 20. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Um, interesting. 
I feel, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird seeing them kind of become more actorly as they get older. Yeah. And it's less like a, a filmmaker capturing raw reactions of kids that barely know they're on camera to like young actors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, other big laugh. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't, I forget the lady's name, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, when, when Debbie is like, wow, Judy, uh, about, about to uh, pop any day. Right. He's like, Oh no, I got another three months. And I had the double take that she She's does. Like, the fuck? She, and I was like, I was like, I, I was watching that and that got a big laugh for me and, and Bethany. But I was like, I was like, I bet she wasn't supposed, I bet she was a featured extra and wasn't supposed to say shit. <laughs> and in one and in one drive by, she threw that out there, and they were like, "Oh fuck, you just earned your that's, SAG card. You're that's getting in." Funny. Like, yeah, that's great. That's that's, that's so good. <laughs> and uh, you're and, getting residuals forever, and the whole deal. And then she becomes like a runner. Like Paul Rudd uses her as like a like, I'm, I don't want you to be like that fucking gray hair pregnant lady. To be so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Ah, goddamn. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, a lot. That's the thing is like we found so much stuff. There's so much good ingredients here, you know. Yeah, it just doesn't amount to anything, unfortunately. Which, which is uh, unfortunate. I was really hoping, you know, Mm -hmm. I was really excited to watch this because I was really hoping. Yeah, for like, like ah, Pete and Deb. Like, I, I was really just hoping for, like a, like a, uh. Not a diamond in the rough, but like a right the thing where we kind of watch a movie and like, oh, this one's better than I thought, or this might be my my new favorite or whatever. Yeah, that's what I was kind of hoping for, and and no, no, I was like, oh no, this just clarifies why <laughs> this movie's not on the top of my mind all the time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it really makes me appreciate what worked about Knocked Up even more. Mm-hmm. Yep. And excited to see. Going forward, because like now we're I mean, I, I think this was only my second time watching this movie and uh, I've only seen Trainwreck the one time. Yep, me too. I do think, though, after this, I think both Trainwreck and King, King of, of Staten yeah. Island can't say the same for the bubble because I have absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. But at least those two movies have they do focus more on character arc and plot. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like, yeah. oh, no, I've never met this character before. Right. This is I'm not going to I'm this not going to yeah. Yeah, this is a fictional character or or um you know, or a character based on uh somebody's life. Someone um, that isn't my wife or my roommate or my best friend. Right. Right. Uh yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to like not a return to form but like what this next step is. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um for him. He described, but, uh, uh, I thought of you at one point, he he described this movie as um, a synthesis. Of this his, one? Of his three movies before. Oh. Because it's like okay. life and death, getting sick. Yeah. It's all kind of in this one. Yeah. Yeah. But kind of I, a messy I, way. I, I, yeah, I appreciate him, uh, you know, quoting like one of my favorite things about story structure, but uh, I don't think this applies, man. Yeah. I really? <laughs> yeah. I really don't. Uh, I'm excited for us to talk about Trainwreck because that's that's much more of a traditional rom com, right? That's yes, one of our, our favorite genres. So. I, I yeah, I just don't love Amy Schumer, so mm-hmm. that's the but I but I do love basically Still. everyone else in that movie. So yeah. LeBron you know. James, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, he's uh, great in that movie. Oh, he's great. John Cena. John Cena. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. excited. He's fucking breakout, man. This is it. This is yeah. When, without this, we, we we don't get blockers. No. With Leslie no, Mann. We don't get we don't get Peacemaker. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. to Peacemaker. Right? It seems it seems like it seems like a rap. Oh, I don't know. He's I hope he not. Gonna make a season two. Okay. Um, okay. He got greenlit. He's just like I'm not in a rush. <laughs> nobody's nobody's in a rush. But remember, he did Peacemaker. Uh, he made Peacemaker like, like, right oh. after the Suicide Squad. Like it was oh, like, yeah, yeah. It was like immediately after. So maybe he'll do the same thing with Superman. Right. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. Uh, it anyway, would be John Cena. It would be funny though if in if in this is fifty there was a scene where like they go to the pool or something or like Pete's changing and it's just like he's just jacked. Yeah, and no one calls any attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Um, well, vaccinate uh, your kids, please. Uh, communicate. Take them to real doctors. Use antibiotics. Yeah, all that good stuff. Communicate yeah. with your spouse. Yes. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. I, you know, this was. I, I had this moment, Scott, where I, I was like researching. Because we are over the halfway mark, and I'm like, what if no one likes this? <laughs> what if we just don't hear from anybody for like eight weeks? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I have a feeling that will probably be what happens. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I well, I just I remember being people being pretty quiet during Wes Anderson. So that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So there's not any fucking sometimes spaceships. Sometimes you got to do things. Sometimes you got to do things for yourself. <laughs> that's what I've learned. Watching yeah. this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I was, I, I'm sad. I'm a little disappointed that this one yeah. didn't work for me. Not for but, sure. But uh, um, hopefully Trainwreck will be a, a, a turn upward. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but that's not what we're covering next week on the show. Because oh. next week is our 100th episode of Franchiseography. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, so we're going to pause. We're going to pump the brakes and we're going to have our Centenisode. Crazy. Yeah. Um, our, our, our Centenisode, our hundredth episode uh, in which we got a bunch of questions from the Discord that we're going to answer. Why are you covering um, Judd rank- Apatow? <laughs> yeah, we're going to rank all of the franchises that we've covered so far. And we're going to cover a franchise that we can't cover. Normal under normal circumstances because there's only two movies. There are lots of those, right? Where there's only two, right? Mm-hmm. There's like there's Blade Runner, there's Tron, there's things that don't look like Blade Runner and Tron. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> but but like there's a lot of movies that just have two. Grumpy and, old man. Uh, so we looked at we looked at a bunch, and uh, you know I pitched a bunch to Nick, and I think we both felt that the best one to choose um, was one that actually. Funnily enough, goes all the way back, ties all the way back to our very first miniseries on this show, Men in Black. And that's why we're covering 21 and 22 Jump Street next week on the show. So for those of you playing along at home, that's your homework this week. 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street. We're going to talk about both movies on next week's show. It's going to be a supersized 
extravaganza kind of episode. Um, and so that's next week. And then the week after we'll be back with, uh, with train wreck. So yeah. Can't wait to read those emails. Can't wait to remember that Brie Larson's in 21 jump street. Yeah, that's true. It happens every and, time. Uh, and uh, Dave Franco, right, is in 22. Yeah. No, he's in he's in one. He's a bad guy in one. Oh, he is in one. OK, OK. Who's the bad guy in two? Who's the who's the drug dealing kid in two? I don't remember because it's not as good. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, really <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, anyway, uh, the Jump Street movies next week. Looking forward to it. Bye, everybody. Bye. And I say, help me, help me, help me, help me. Thank you. I know I did that you were there. When I said, help me, help me, help me, help me. Whoa, thank you for listening to my prayer. on my rear